important to, to document these stories and for <clears throat> for ourselves and future generations. You'll be able to find this podcast on Black Art in America. Um, I want to thank the March on Washington Film Festival for providing a space and an opportunity for us to gather around art and film, uh, culture and fellowship and bring uh, everyone together. I was excited to bring uh, Mr. Jim Nixon, who's a phenomenal uh, collector and patron of the arts. Uh, I first met Jim uh, several months back and we got to be really, really close friends and working on projects uh, like the Philadelphia Fine Art Show that'll take place September 14th through the 16th. But Jim is an avid collector material. I'm gonna let him introduce himself here shortly and talk a little bit about and uh, the overall scope of the material that they're collecting and how how he got inspired and we'll do a back and forth dialogue um, and answer a few questions too about building a collection and you know we'll just kind of take it from there but Jim Nixon is a collective African-American material primarily women artists so here's a microphone Jim just feel free to pick up please introduce yourself uh, yeah um, Jim Nixon we've uh, been collecting for about let's say Five, 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 six, seven years. Um, we started out. I don't know how many. Show of hands. I don't know how many of you have uh, have kids. But for us, um, we had we had we had kids, and well, I would I would say we went through three stages from an art standpoint. Um, when we had kids, it was the it was appreciating art, which meant we couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and because you know everything goes to the kids, um, kids grow up, they get out, uh, and then we kind of went through this phase of accumulating art uh, without any discrimination in taste. So we were just we like this on the wall because it matches this sofa. It looks good in this room. So we were we were doing that. <clears throat> And that, through that phase, that phase I, I would say lasted a, maybe a year, two years, and we really stopped to look at what we were doing because we were buying a lot of art, and looked at what what we had collected or what we had um, accumulated, and kind of realized that a lot, most of the pieces that we loved uh, were women artists. Um, not that, not that we didn't um, love any of the male artists, but the women spoke to us. So we really started to look at it, you know, let's start collecting. I mean, really with a discriminating eye and what do we want to accomplish? So from, we looked at it, we put together kind of a 10-year plan. Now, for us, for, from our standpoint, we put together... Um, a foundation. All of our art goes into a foundation, uh, which can't be sold. Um, so the idea is to get pieces uh, over the next, say, five to seven years, and from that period uh, develop uh, an education curriculum. Ideally, what we want to do is have a, an education foundation. We have the foundation. We have an idea of what what we want to accomplish from a from an education standpoint, but then, you know, that five to seven years out, it's really put to put that curriculum together, and then, 
uh, we'll say, during that concurrent five to seven year period is kind of really figuring out, okay, where the piece is going to be? Are they going to be in something that's already existing? Is it something that we want to build? Um, what's the direction we want to go? And, and we don't have an answer for that yet. Mm -hmm. So, again, we're still in the uh, collecting phase, but uh, from, a, from a collector's standpoint, we were just like anyone else. We, we didn't know anything. We went out and educated ourselves. Um, and we, if you look at our collection, we have kind of the base, we look at kind of from a, from a base standpoint, I wrote down some names because I didn't want to get stalled in any event, but we kind of look at um, our collection is we really want to focus on uh, some established artists and more emerging, emerging artists. So from, an, from the foundation standpoint, we have like the Betty Sars, the Samella Lewis, um, Elizabeth Catlett, and you know, we've got Sid Carpenter. Then when you look at kind of the, 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 the base of the tree, I'll say, because that's kind of the, the roots, um, we have Tamara, we have Tamara Madeline, Phyllis, Phyllis Stevens, um, Reber Dickerson Hill, um, Kimberly Camp, and, and, and some others. And then when you look at the emerging, we've got a lot of emerging, more a lot of the emerging artists. Um, the Lita Martin, Beverly Smith, Salali Miranda, Satali Miranda. Um, we even have some artists who are in college um, that we've that we found, um, and we follow them, we collect them. Um, like a young lady named Haziza Abdallah, she's a photographer. She's the only photographer we have in the collection at this point. Um, and we started collecting her when she, she was in, uh, she, she had just graduated Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And now she's, she's going to, to Tyler a uh, full ride and also a stipend. So obviously Tyler wants her really bad. Uh, you figure they're paying her to go to school. Um, and then we've got uh, some other young artists that um, right. that we have. You know, you've got you've got one that actually Jim has. Well, a couple, I was going to mention yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. one. Well, I want to kind of do a little lead in if I can. <laughs> you know, there's uh, recently on Black Art in American. Please follow us on, online. We polled ten African American owned black galleries, well, ten African American galleries around the country, and asked them, okay, who are? Give us a list of your top male and female artists that collect this should be uh, considering right now and each gallery gave us a list of one male and one female well you know needless to say that of the 10 uh, women artists to collect uh, from you know recommended by african-american dealers we were pr privileged to be working with Lavette Ballard who's here showing uh, in the space and Jim is an avid collective Lavette's work can you talk to talk a little bit about you know Lavette and we and, yeah we we met and this is what I would encourage any collector to do. We we met uh, Lavette. In fact, I remember I, I, I called Lavette. Uh, no, I text Lavette, mm -hmm. and uh, and she texted me right back. I was like, whoa, wow, I didn't expect that. And we had a little conversation through texting, and she was and she was going to be. Um, we live we live close to each other. Mm -hmm. She she was going to be at a, um, at this event. Uh, I think it was that evening, and I just you know erased whatever I had going on. Um, that evening, I 
bolted over there to meet her. Um, we fell in love with her and um, just her character, her person, uh, the way she viewed her art. And um, for us, we, you know, my wife and I, we, we, we have balance. We try to have balance in, in the collection. And I fell in love with um, Levette and Levette's art immediately. Uh, felt this was something we wanted to have in the collection. Right. Um, my wife saw it. I, you know, text, I actually sent my wife a picture of it, and she she was like, "Oh yeah, we have to." Yeah. And just knowing Levette, um, we were just really. It was great to get to know the character and get to know well, the person um, that, and what she's trying to accomplish mm -hmm. from her artistic standpoint. Yeah. And we told her, "Hey, we." We told her what we wanted, mm -hmm. and I think she was a little. You know, I hope I would hope she was surprised, but um, uh, or pleased, mm -hmm. and uh, so we we now own uh, a Levet ballad, which we're excited to have, and that list, mm -hmm. uh, which I didn't. We we had no idea that article was coming out, so we started. We counted um, the artists that we have, and we had six of those artists in our collection. Mm -hmm. Just. And it wasn't, and it wasn't like we went out. We just, we 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 purchased pieces based on what we love. Um, we don't look at pieces from the standpoint of appreciation. I mean, some, and some collectors do, mm -hmm. because of our long-term strategy. We don't care if a, if we buy a piece for X, we don't care if it's worth X plus. Or X minus five years from now, we, because we love the piece. So, um, when you look at it, when we, for us, when we look at it like that, we don't get caught up in, right. you know, looking at what's the market say about you know this artist. Yeah, because you can sector. easily get driven down a rabbit hole if you're if you're if you're following the market. Um, and you're right; many collectors collect for a number of different reasons. And one of the things that, one of the takeaways from the art fair that we had in Houston at our last show and, and what the market is really indicating is the, the interest in contemporary artists. I mean, while we have a lot of people who have the legacy artists of the days gone by, you know, the Beard and the Catholic Jakes and um, um, those, the artists of that generation, I mean, a lot of collectors are really interested in who's, who's new, you know, what new voices are being, um, uh, being created and developed right now. You know, one of the questions I wanted to ask, actually I've got a number of different questions. I want us to, you know, have some, some takeaways for the audience and, you know, just thinking about like tips that, that we would recommend. Definitely, you know, find some work to fall in love with. One of the beauties about collecting and working with contemporary artists is the relationships that you're able to build with those artists and be able to grow with those artists. But right now there's probably more art being generated or being created than in ever, you know, any point in history, I would say. Uh, when you take a look at the amount of work that's being generated, what are the important considerations for the art that you decide to acquire? Like, how do you, you mean, how do you know what's right for you? Um, in all candor, I think uh, when we, we've been fortunate enough to be able to speak to most of the art, a lot of the emerging artists that we have. And I'm not going to take away anything from self-taught artists because we do have self-taught artists in the, in the collection, but we, in all candor, we do. We have. I think our our collection does gravitate towards um, artists who've had some formal training. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and again, that doesn't take away from artists who are self-taught because again, we have, we have them in the, por- in the portfolio. But especially when we're talking about um, emerging artists or younger artists, and you take a, a like a Haziza Abdallah, um, we've got, you know, she's, it's not like her pieces are expensive today. I'm sure 10 years from now, I won't be able to afford her work. Um, but recognizing where she is today and hopefully that she's going to stay with it, that's what we we kind of hope. We've, 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 we've followed some um, artists who were self-taught and unfortunately they didn't stay with it. Um, and that's not to take away from their mm-hmm. commitment, but you know, unfortunately, um, other things uh, they they chose to go another another direction yeah. with with their life, and that doesn't mean they won't come back. Right, and but you know, to, you know, to give the the flip side of that, Satir and I avid collectors, and I've seen that on both. Yeah, on both, that, I mean, yeah. that could easily happen. It could easily on, happen on, yeah. on, 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 on yeah. both the uh, self-taught as well as the trained. Uh, the trained artists. Do you have you when when you started to collect? Most people. One of the things most people talk about is you know to set a budget to have a have an idea of what you're looking to spend um, by the best art that you can afford. You know, and so it's not necessarily about uh, quantity; it's about quality. Um, has that been the case with you in the sense? I mean, do you typically set a budget, or what's your strategy in terms of acquiring works? Yeah, I think um, we we have an idea of what we want to spend. Um, which, uh, given that the kids are out of the house and we're excited about that, um, which is a, which is a, which is more than we would have mm-hmm. had otherwise. So we're excited about that, but we do try to um, look stay within that. Okay. Um, there are times, in all candor, where we've where we've where we've gone outside of that um, as we've built our collection uh, and. Um, and, and Najee's certainly aware of this. We've we found the particular artist, uh, Louise Clemenhoff, who we've actually, I would say, built our collection around. Uh, we've got probably ten, going on 10 pieces of, of her work. Um, she does predominantly figurative work. She's 93 years old. Uh, back in the... Uh, late 50s through the 60s uh, she was while a lot of work that African African American artists were doing had a lot of social commentary Mm -hmm. um, explicit social commentary her art was a little more subtle and she would always and you know she's very dear to us we've gone past the relationship of um, collector Artists. I mean, we we're really. I mean, she she she's very dear to us. Um, but she she'll say, "I was a hermit. I really didn't get out, and really kind of push my art." But when you people who've seen her pieces are just blown away yeah, by them, and I know you've seen them. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. her art's incredible. Uh, and and it's in a lot of private collections. We we have a piece that was at the Woodmere Museum in Philadelphia, and also showed at PAFA. So it's circa 1970, and we've got some other pieces of hers. So 
as a from a collector's standpoint, we we were fortunate enough to find a particular artist that we fell in love with, mm -hmm. and we were able to talk to. And actually, she's helped us shape our collection, as has uh, Levette. I, we mm -hmm. bounce things off Levette. So talking to the artist, having a relationship with the artist, where you can talk to them, is to me equally as important um, as a collector. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know relationships in general because I mean a lot of collectors, you know, you're gonna find that you know speaking with having relationships with dealers, with gallerists, um, you know, your local museums, your art institutions, you know, seeing as much art as possible to help mm -hmm. you hone your eye, become. Uh, a more informed collector, yeah. you know, is definitely a, um, a way to go. In terms of acquiring works, a lot of people think that, you know, they go outside and they see the stick, they see the price tag and they get, oh, I didn't plan to spend X amount of dollars for this amount of work right now. But just know that, you know, generally speaking, uh, artists, uh, the dealers, the galleries, I mean, they will work with you. I mean, they will, you know, help you to set up an installment plan that makes, yeah. it, makes it accessible for you to acquire work over a given period of time. Um, yeah, and I want to interject on that. That's, okay. that's really... Um... Hey, Black Art in America family, this is Najee Dorsey. Thank you again for listening to another installment of Buy Your Talk. We're going to take a minute to bring you up to speed on some of the things that we've got going. If you uh, enjoy this particular program or the other programs here on Black Art in America and would like to be a patron supporter, we now have that capabilities. Visit the Patronage uh, link. You can find it in the Educational Resources tab in the navigation bar. I also want to make you aware of we're introducing BuyBlackArt.com. will be a fine art listing place for artists and collectors to list works at no commissions. That's right, no commissions. So be sure to stay tuned for that. That's launching June 1st. The other thing is that if you've always wanted to start a business or you've given thought to starting a business, we now have Garden Art for the Soul. So look for the Garden Art Biz link in the nav bar. And once again, thank you for listening to this message of some of the new and exciting things happening with Black Art in America. And we're going back to the program. We found really a great thing. We, uh, I think some of our, our reluctance early in collecting was one we can't afford it and two um, just kind of the way we you know we were young and um, just made the feel when you walk into a gallery that you can't you know if they look at you you can't afford this will get out yeah. um, but then as you know as we grew as we grew uh, and I'll say matured from a collection from a collector standpoint uh, we certainly found that uh, galleries um, would work with us if we saw a piece that we really liked that was well out of our set budget, and they, you know, they work and they work with you. So, to that end, one I'd say is from a collector standpoint, yeah, they're willing to work with you. Um, two, I'd say be careful, don't don't stretch yourself. Um, we've started. We've certainly realized. Hey, there are, like, as Najee said, there are a lot of works out there mm -hmm. um, um, by you know, some great artists. We've, we, you know, um, there are certain artists we would love to have, mm -hmm. um, but we just, we just can't afford them. Uh, you know, some of the emerging artists, mm -hmm. um, we've, we're, we're very comfortable with, we love them, and we love the piece, so. 
Yeah, you know, one of the things that that's really important, I think, for collectors is, you know, having, uh, you know, you talked about earlier resources, you know, resources that were beneficial to you, but um, having access to information is key. You know, an informed collector is a is a is a knowledgeable collector. Seeing more art, reading books, collecting art books, and becoming more familiar with, you know, artists of the past, the different movements, the different genres, how to protect your art. Uh, so on and so forth, different books that you, you know, would recommend, Helene Taha's Collecting African American Art is one. Uh, resources online, you know, definitely Black Art in America, you want to look at Culture Type has, has a great platform, also the International Review of African American Art uh, is a good uh, journal to subscribe to. Uh, are there any, any, any resources that you found, any additional resources that you Google. found? Google. <laughs> Hey, yeah, okay. we've got books, but I, yeah. I you know, I, I, I mean, we spend um, a lot of time on Google. Um, you know, we, yeah, um, and you know, we have a Tamara Madden. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. You know, what I know. Cause, yeah, you know, we, we've been, you know, we were looking at uh, Tamara Madden for uh, for about um, close to a year when, when we decided. Uh, that to make a purchase of mm -hmm. one of her pieces, and you know, and you, and you know we did so, right. um, and yeah, we we're fortunate. We've got um, you know like Maya Maya Freelon. I mean, you Google her, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So, googling artists, I think. Um, talking to Google, other collectors. Talking to other collectors. Yeah. Um, googling how to you know how to protect your art, how to insure your art. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of books, but. Uh, you know, we kind of use that as a resource for, to point us in, right. in direction, and I can't say enough about, I can't stress enough about talking to artists. If there's one thing you are able to do, if you are collecting art, and you are collecting art within, within your means, then you have access to those artists. Oh, yeah. That's, and that's key, because as, as you grow, and your budget grows, and you move into another another area of collection. Mm -hmm. um, you'll you'll have you'll have a foundation, and quite frankly, sometimes you know some of those those artists are growing with you. So and that's and that's key. It's, you know, it's not like um, Elizabeth Catlett and the others. Uh, there were people who were collecting those you know the those you know Elizabeth Catlett, Lawrence Jacobs. Uh, and mm -hmm. and they weren't and and they weren't paying today's prices. Oh no! You know, you know they they were paying. You know they were they were paying. You know, I've got a I've got a great I've got a great story to share. The um, I was I was introduced to collector. Matter of fact, in Philadelphia, uh, he was a physician. In 1972, he had got out of residency, and he went and bought a painting, a Barclay Hendricks painting, for twelve hundred dollars. Well, his newly his newly. Uh, 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 newly married mother-in-law, right? She she pulled her daughter to the side and said, "You got to get rid of this guy. He crazy spending that kind of money on the piece." Well, just so you know, I mean, you never can tell what time may lead to. Barclay Hendricks' work is now, you know, auction records of over a million dollars, and so you know, like those stories are always interesting. I mean, but it doesn't even have to be like you know that yeah. type of artist. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. You know, one of the things I wanted to kind of talk to briefly is also a lot of people run from the label of of being a collector. You know, what is a collector? You know, and and some people say, you know, uh, I know Diaspora Rhythms is a collector's group out of Chicago, and their thing is if you collect if you have over seven pieces 
of anything and you you're a collector some people say once you start to collect past the walls of being full but there's a power to being a collector i mean everyone from the institutions to the artists to other collectors they want to meet they want to know who's acquiring this material who who are this the stewards of, of of this of this generation of this cultural material i mean have you did you do you embrace the 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 title of being a collector uh i I guess if you fill out an application, a job application, and they said hobby, I would say uh, accumulating art or art. I don't know if you, know, if you want to say collecting. Uh, you know that that's the name that it's given. But um, I, we spend, um, if we look at a typical week, um, yeah, I work for a living, um, but I would I would say I spend probably three hours a day. Mm -hmm. On, on art, so it's either um, from... That's a lot. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. So it's either, <laughs> and because we want to be informed and we want to understand. Um, so that's, you know, that might be an hour before, you know, that might be seven o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. or it might be, you know, two hours uh, uh, in the evening. I mean, because we're always reading something, passing articles back and forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, before we open it up, because we've got a scaled down um, uh, panel, I want to definitely, you know, uh, take some questions, see if we can, you know, help, um, you know, answer any questions the best we can. Uh, one of the things I want to mention is, is, is I can't say enough about, you know, collector slash patron, you know, and that's a particular thing. That's a difference. When you're a collector, you're, there's an exchange, you know, I give you money, you give me art. Uh, but patrons, you know, support ideas and concepts and, and opportunities. One of the things I definitely want to, you know, bring to the fore is to say thank you for being not only one heck of a collector, but being a patron of the arts and particularly of the things and projects that we've done in the past and the, and, and the things that we're doing in the future. I mean, it's, 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 I just want to give you, you know, your, your due. And for all the collectors and patrons out there, I know we have a number of people in the audience that are, that are collecting and may have, and some that are looking to get started and may have some questions. So I would like to, you know, take this time to fill, you know, you'll sure. fill in a couple of questions. Um, any, 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 anyone have any questions out there? I, mean, I have a hard time seeing because of the lights. I'm sorry, I can't see you. Is there one? I don't see you. Ayana, anything? Always. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that He's not that much younger than you. <laughs>
you don't you haven't had any swimming lessons, but you're starting to read the uh, Black Art in America. You're reading yeah. Culture Type. You're reading uh, Halima Taha's book. What makes you take the? the I um, I can't stress enough. Um, and I'll talk from from an African American collector standpoint. Um, it is important to me that we as African Americans support African American artists. You have, um, you know, what what I've what I what we've what we've certainly what we've all witnessed is today there's a there's this renaissance or there's such attention to given to African American art, um, and um, I don't want to speak out of turn. I'm going to be careful about how I choose my words, but you know when I see. I mean, it's great for the artist when um, some investment banker or whatever comes in and buys a piece that my, that Swan may have had uh, estimated at two hundred thousand, and he pays a million two for it, and then all of a sudden it goes up. Yeah, you know, now that artist value goes up, which is great. Which is great for that artist. Um, but we don't. We should be pushing our artists. Uh, when I look at like the artist Louise Clementhoff, um, in all candor, she was. A, you know, she'll like she'll say, "I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hermit," and not that many. And the collectors who were collecting her were predominantly predominantly white. Now, now we own ten of her pieces. Now we probably we might have surpassed. Her largest collector, but I think, as you know, to your point, as millennials, I think there's a great opportunity to grow with an artist, to identify with an artist. Um, you know, hey, I'm way, I'm older than Levette, but there are people who are Levette's age um, who can buy Levette and grow with her. Um, you know, 20 years from now. You know, when Jim Nixon's in the grave, uh, you know, but yeah, you you you'll be looking and you can say, hey, I I own this artist and mm -hmm. and well, let's face it, Levette's going to be somebody. I mean, not that she isn't now, but um, she's going to uh, be a pretty significant artist to 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 have in any collection, yeah, um, so. and we're we're honored to have her. Mm -hmm. But to that point, I think as millennials, you you can identify with with artists. And, and grow with them. So there are artists that that young man can identify with who are within his budget. And, you know, I, I don't know what your budget is, but, um, you know, um, I mean, if, it, if it's like mine when I, you know, like anything like mine was when I was your age, um, if, you know, I, I couldn't afford a whole heck of a lot. Um, but I think, again, it's about identifying with that artist because you have access. You can talk to that artist. And I can't stress enough, if you can talk to the artist and you get to grow up with that artist and grow up with that group of artists, mm -hmm. that means, you know, that, that, that says a lot. The, the, I would like to add to that because, I mean, again, Satiri and I, we're avid collectors of, of art. Jim, Jim's seen our collection. And I would say, like, one example that I would give is prior to 2006, the most we had ever paid for a painting was $800 for a work of art. And I found, we found ourselves in Chicago at, at, a, at an art show, 
and I just ran into this painting by Nani De Silva, Afro Afro uh, Afro Caribbean artist, and I just had to have it. I mean, I'm like, and the price was twenty five hundred. Um, I never spent, you know, never spent that amount of money on a piece of art before, but the need to want that in my life exceeded that twenty five hundred dollars, and I knew that, it, you know, I would make that up again some somewhere, and so I think your tolerance changes, you know, and so you can acquire art. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be 800. I mean, we bought, I mean, we've got a, you know, a collection we're extremely proud of. But, I mean, we go to thrift stores and we find things, objects mm -hmm. that, really? that interest us. And it might be, I mean, I've got some watercolor paintings for $45 of, land, of scenes in New Orleans. And I added that to the collection because I loved it. And so if it, if it takes you starting off with finding things that speak to you at your price point, I would just say, you know, get as get as much original material as you can that speaks to you. And as as your taste change and as your budget evolves, then it, it will grow and your art will grow with that. So I think the young lady behind her. I can't see. Um, right there are, uh, and I think it, it's word of mouth, um, in all, in all candor. Um, I live in, I'm in Philadelphia, so, um, it, the only way I'm going to hear about particular artists, uh, certainly, uh, an emerging artist in Georgia is if someone tells me about that person, um, or I read a particular article. Um, there was a, and, and that's exactly how we how we went about it. Um, you know, Haziza, um, she had a piece literally uh, at a gallery. The the gallery owner uh, uh, te te teaches at a college, and she thought that Haziza was one of her best students, if not her best students. She said, you know, I'm going to put this piece, you know, in my gallery. Maybe it'll sell. For um, I saw it. And I said, wow. And then I, you know, I came back a couple of days later and I said, yeah, the piece was 200 bucks. Mm. And, 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 and I bought it. Well, um, now um, other folks have seen this. And we're, all, and we're talking about this. This is a young lady who's just now starting um, Tyler. So now this particular piece, other people have seen it. And... Someone in New York said to her, I want that and I'll give you six hundred you know, all of a sudden mm. that two hundred dollar piece is now valued at six hundred. Not that I don't care about the value, but I'm, my point is um people start to people are starting to recognize her and I, and I think that's through word of mouth. Another young lady who we um st are starting to collect, she happened to win uh, a congressional art contest, and, um, and and that's access anybody can read. You read in the paper, you see this name, young lady wins an art contest. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. So I called our congressman's office, and I said, hey, I mean, this may sound strange, but you know, I told who I was, so I'm sure they, you know, they'll, they'll probably say, who is this guy? You know, make, make sure he's not some nut. Um, and I said, I'd like to meet. You know this young lady. Um, if you can have her get in touch with us, um, 
And I explained the situation. It was probably a month or so later, because she'd, she'd started uh, University of Pittsburgh. Mm. You know, I get, I get a call. And, you know, we met with, and she, she's, you know, again, she's 18 years old. So we invited her and her parents to dinner. We looked at, and we, and we just had a conversation about art and what she wants to do. Um, had a subsequent, you know, met with them subsequently. In fact, um, introduced her uh, to Levette, because again, it's all about, in, you know, it's, 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 it's about uh, relationships, yeah, that's, yeah. So introduced her to Levette, because she's, you know, she's a young artist. We're, we're, we're gonna end up with three of, three of her pieces and grow as she grows. So to that end, I don't think the access that we have is access that you have. And I was, she was, her name was in an article. Um, and like a, Aziza happened to be in a, a little small gallery somewhere. So we asked about it. So a, a lot of it is that and you know, just kind of looking at the landscape. Right. And, you know, one, one thing that I would say, too, is that, you know, you've got artists that are, I mean, sometimes it's all about timing. I mean, that they're creating work that's important today, but it may be next week or next year that they get recognized. I mean, I can give you a perfect example. Uh, when I, I had a show at the Columbus Museum, and shortly after that, I was introduced, and this is 2014, and shortly after that, I was introduced to the work of Amy Sherrill. And so when I saw it, I said, I said, man, this is something that the museum should be aware of because she's from the same city that we now reside. And so I sent it to the museum director uh, and encouraged her to take a look at the work. And now this is 2015. 2017, you know, I mean, 2016, Amy wins with the National, the National Portrait Competition. Prior to that, I talked to her like a few months prior to that, and her work was selling between like six and 8000 for a significant piece. And um, she, talked, she talked about how some of the collectors are like, well, why are you so high? Right, she wins the award. Prices immediately jump to fifteen to thirty. She gets the Obama Commission, Michelle Obama Commission. Now you know you're on a waiting list for one hundred and fifty thousand. Well, the talent was there in twenty fifteen. You know, it's and not so, different. The talent, right, there's no, there's the talent no, there's, hasn't changed. Right, the, the talent hasn't changed, and so it's like you know we need to look at the artists that are creating today, and 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 just you know just understand that the market is the market, and that can't always be the determining factor for. You know how you should go about building your collection. You find the works that speak to you, you know, and commit to it. And if it happens to hit, then you know it's, you know it's yeah yeah congratulations you know. So and 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 one other thing I like I got this collecting in Chicago same thing collecting in Chicago. She had a red dot blue dot system for the collection in case something happened to her and her husband at the same time. The kids would know. You know, okay, if it's a green dot, you know, just whatever you want to do. If it's a red dot, do some investigation, right? Well, the work she bought of mine was kind of green dot, right? <laughs> and so I go, at, and, and so as my trajectory of my career has, has, has climbed, you know, a few years later, I noticed it had the red dot on it. You know, the work had changed. You know, only the perception of how she saw me relative to the market, you know, had changed. You know what I mean? So uh, find some artists to connect with is what I would say. You got, we got a question right here. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, the market, I mean, I think, I think the market is a good indicator. I mean, the market is going to bear what it's going to bear. I mean, you go and, and do some research, talk with collectors, see, what, see how the work has, has, uh, has tracked or has sold over a given period of time. Um, and most collectors are really patient when, when, when you're talking about a sizable purchase. You know, I mean, generally, if it's, you know, if it's, you know typically most art that, 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 that I'm aware of that, that, that I'm, you know, dealing with and, you know, if it's under 3,000, it's kind of like, you know, you just get it because you love it. When you start to be 3, 5, 15, 20, then you start to, you know, have a little more scrutiny in, in, in how you're going to uh, issue those funds in the calendar and, and how you're going to acquire those works. So, you know, I would say you have to develop good relationships with, again, dealers and gallerists. Uh, track artists to see, you know, how they're selling, how they're doing in their career. Uh, talk to other, you know, and talk to artists, talk to collectors. And so um, that's just part of the process. But, you know, you got any, 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 any well, questions? Well, I mean, I, get, I think our, collect, our collecting strategy contrasts to what you're talking about. So hmm. we're, we don't care about value. I mean, we have pieces in our collection that have certainly gone up in value. Mm -hmm. We know that they've mm -hmm. gone up um, in value from from when we acquired them. One, for what we're what our long term strategy strategy is, doesn't matter. Um, and, and two, doesn't matter. Um, so it really all we care about is does it fit the collection mm -hmm. from a context standpoint? Do we love it? Well, that's all that matters because since we're not concerned about value, since we're concerned more about the direction of the education foundation, how we set that up, we don't get caught up in how much is this going to be a year from now? Um, you know, how much is this going to be five years from now? So, so we, we, we're, we're, we contrast that strategy. Um, I can't see. Need to wrap. Okay, so uh, we appreciate. There's one last question. Oh, well, we may yeah. have to. Very quick. Okay, oh. please. <laughs> yeah. 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 We do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So no, that's we we actually mentioned that earlier. We want to bring this to a close. We want to thank the uh, March on Washington Film Festival. I want to thank Jim thank for being a part of the panel and the discussion. We can definitely continue this dialogue out in the lobby where the art is, and you can meet some of the artists and you can talk with our staff and and get connected with Black Art in America. Thank you for your time. Thank you. This is Najee Dorsey. You listen to another installment of Bio Talks. Be sure to follow Black Art in America at blackartinamerica.com and look for us on your favorite social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And remember, you can always shop for art online at www.buyblackart.com.